Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Analog. This is episode 12. Today's show is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts. For a free trial, visit lynda.com slash analog. Also, Hover, Simplified Domain Management, and also Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined by the daddy. Mr. Casey Liss. That's creepy. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> hey, Daddy. Am I your daddy? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Well, we're Ding. off to a good start. Oh, goodness. All right. So this is a this is a little bit of a weird of a weird situation that we're that we are recording right now. Um, we are recording on Thursday, the twenty third of October. It is in the evening time. I am not, by most definitions, a dad quite yet. But the, the reason for this episode occurring is when we were talking about the planning, um, because I wanted to make sure that we would be sufficiently planned for Casey's paternity leave. Uh, when I first brought this up with Casey a few weeks ago, he said, ah, I'd be fine. And I was like, mm. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> so there's a couple of things here. One, I don't know if you know what you're getting yourself in for, <laughs> which is probably going to be a theme of this episode. And the other was, you know, I I, I feel bad enough, what will feel bad enough, bad enough in the first few weeks about the fact that you'll be here anyway recording the show, um, which I am very happy that I will be able to be flexible for you time-wise um, as much as possible so I can try and fit that in because I feel bad for, for Aaron. Um the other is I wanted you to have a week off, like at least a week off. Mm-hmm. So in when this episode is, is live to the world, uh, you will be a dad and you will be enjoying some time away from this show for, for a week or so. Maybe longer if you need it. We can find guests otherwise, but you can have as long as you need, Casey. Well, that's very kind of you. And I'm glad that you at least know what I'm in for better than I know what I'm in for. So uh, one of us is paying attention, which I appreciate. You know, because I'm... I have no doubt that that Erin is going to be suitably capable to deal with it, considering she's worked with kids for so long. Obviously, not that young, and you know it's a different type of thing. And mm-hmm. and I'm sure that she's like ten times the person you are, uh, pretty much. Um, but I think it, you know, I, I I feel guilty at least. So and uh, I just, you shouldn't. You shouldn't and I think guilty. that you deserve. You know, I think all mums and dads deserve to have time. And uh, I think you deserve time. Will you be taking time off work? Yes. How so, long? so in America, it's actually relatively uncommon f- to have paternity leave for dads. It's extremely common, and it in there are many laws about it, which I don't know the ins and outs of. But it's extremely common to have maternity leave, and I believe. Wait, hang on a moment. <laughs> extremely common. Yeah, Surely well, I mean, everyone has it, right? I would, uh, yeah, I believe, I believe everyone gets like six weeks off or something like that. I honestly don't know. And and part of the reason I don't know is because uh, we're lucky enough that Erin has taken a year off. Um, She, I probably have talked about this on the show, but she used to teach um, high school biology and we've decided that she would take this school year off in order to be there for Sprout. And so... Um, we had never really had to worry that much about um, maternity leave. I do know that your job is guaranteed by law for, I'm almost sure it's 12 weeks, but 
I don't think employers are obligated to give you paid time off for more than either just a couple or six weeks. I forget exactly what. I probably should have looked this up. Oh my God, Casey. I don't understand your country. Oh, neither do I. And in fact, I have a very close friend who lives in Wales, um, even though he's American. He married a Welsh woman and they just had their first child uh, six-ish months ago. And I was talking to him about you know coming back to, the, to America because I'm a jerk and that's what I do. And one of the things he said to me was, you know, here's the thing. I do want to come back. My wife wants to come back. I certainly want my, my son to see America and, and perhaps even grow up there. But we would be out of our minds to do it before we were done having children. So yeah, so America's weird. So I can only speak for my company. But I believe this is relatively common. There's somebody in my team who's about to leave for maternity leave. She's She will have six months full pay. Oh, that is definitely way more than here. And her job is guaranteed for a year. God, that's awesome. That is so awesome. And that's the way it should be. Yeah, I cannot believe that it's like six weeks and 12 weeks. That is insane to me. Like I cannot get my head around that. Like mm-hmm. That just seems like, it just seems unfair. It just seems unfair. It is. It is you know, and that's the thing, like, not to turn this into a totally political and, 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 um, what's the term for when you're really proud of your country? Not patriotism. That's more American, but, um, ah, uh, crap. Someone with like an X or a Z. Xenophobic is when you're scared of other countries. Is that, it doesn't matter. Anyway, the point is. Yeah, xen- uh, xenophobia is when you have a hate towards a, uh, nationality. Okay. okay. So n- the inverse of that, not to be all yay America, but. Xenophile. Um, Maybe that, yeah, I think you're right. Xenophile. Thank you. This dictionary broadcast is brought to you by. Um, anyway, maybe you do know English better than I do. But um, the point being, uh, you know, America is really great for a lot of reasons. And I really love America. But and it, we take our work very seriously and we work a lot. I mean, my normal week as mandated by my employer is 45 weeks of uh, 45 weeks, 45 hours of work a week. And that's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of time to spend away from your family. Um, I get five weeks of vacation a year, but two of those weeks are national holidays. Like I don't get Christmas off. I don't get Thanksgiving off. I don't get New Year's Day off. The re- I, the reason they do that is because they give me the flexibility. So like say the 4th of July, which is our Independence Day, nothing personal. Um, we I don't have to take that off if I don't want to, whereas most employers, they force you to take it off. However, I get five weeks vacation in a year. And I think I get six weeks if I stay at my firm for another two and a half years, something like that. And so Americans work a lot. And that's very good because I think we have a very productive society. We, we, we value work a lot. We have a great work ethic. But we are so obsessed with work that we're forcing mothers to come back after just three months. And that's, that's insane. Is it common that people take the decision like that you and Aaron have taken? Not these days. When I was growing up, um, I'm 32 years old. When I was growing up, I feel like based only on empirical evidence, maybe one out of every two families had a stay-at-home mom. I can't think of any that had stay-at-home dads that I knew of. Nowadays, in America anyway, it is exceptionally rare to have either the parents stay at home and not work, or, or I guess I should say not work for someone out of the house. And... um it's something that Aaron and I feel very strongly about. It's something that we're very lucky to be able to provide to both each other and to sprout. Um, and it's something that we think is right, but 
part of the reason that we feel that way and that we're able to do this, not only do I make a relatively lucrative living, but we're not that big on keeping up with the Joneses, which is funny for someone who drives a relatively fancy car to say, but there are a few things that we care a lot about. I really care about having a nice telephone. I really care about having nice computers. I really care about having a nice car, but our house is reasonable. We bought it six years ago with the intention of filling it. It took us a little longer to fill it than we intended, but it's something like 2,000 square feet, give or take a smidge. I mean, it's not an unreasonably large house. I have no bearing for what that means. Um, it is four bedroom. Does that help? That does help. Okay. That's, that's, um, that's Okay, so that's huge for here. But well, it, but, but you live in a city, yeah. so it's not an apples to apples comparison. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's given the area we live in, it's actually maybe even on the small side. And I don't mean that in like a, oh, America's so rich way. It's just the area we happen to live in is relatively affluent. Um, but we don't have a huge TV. We have a 40-inch TV, and it was a gift. You know, like um, we don't have a lot of fancy, fancy stuff. And because we're pretty good at not keeping up with the Joneses, we're pretty good at not spending an overabundance of money, which makes us pretty good at being able to have Aaron stay home. And the only benefit to being a teacher in America, well, the only financial benefit to being a teacher in America where you basically aren't paid anything is that when Aaron decided she wanted to stop working, we're not really losing out on that much of a salary, which is terrible, but also convenient. I'm trying to think of like a, a a nice metaphor for that or like an idiom of some kind and I can't think of one, but it is an interesting situation to have landed yourselves in. It's it's like it it ends up being not that bad, but obviously during and up until this point it does kind of suck. But mm-hmm. the way it ends out in the end might you might be happier for that. How, oh, absolutely. Have, have either of you had conversa well have sorry, have you had conversations about what happens after that year? Like does does Erin feel like she would definitely go back to work or is there a question mark above that now? Um, when she went to talk to her principal at school, um, is that a thing in the UK or is it like headmaster always? Headmaster, yeah. Okay. I didn't know if that was like some BS American view of England or if that was real. Do you know what? It's probably changed now because – no, actually it's head teacher. That's it. That's what I was oh, looking for because I was like it's not going to be headmaster or headmistress, which is what it was when I was a kid, but it's it's headmaster. You mean head teacher? Yes. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> so anyway, so she went to her principal and said, hey, listen, I'm going to quit. And not nothing against you guys, but I'm having a baby. I'm done. And he actually said to her, you know, hey, listen, you can take a year leave of absence. There is no guarantee that you can come back to the individual school that you're that you're sitting in right now. But if for whatever reason you do want to come back, you are guaranteed to have a job somewhere in the county in which we live. So somewhere within a 20 to 30 minute drive of where we live. And there's no reason not to do that. And she said, okay, fine. I'm taking a year leave of absence. But our intention and our hope is that she will be, she is done working for at least several years until Sprout, probably until Sprout is going to school. That'd be nice. Oh, it'd be incredible. And again, I I can't stress enough how lucky we are. And now she's, she is trading arguably the most difficult job in the world for an even more difficult job and an even more thankless job. But um, her mom stayed at home when she was growing up. My mom stayed at home when I was growing up. And if any good came of 
the two of us. If we are decent human beings, I think a large part of that is because we had a parent around all the time when we were growing up. And that was extremely beneficial to us. And, And again, I can't stress enough how lucky we are that we are able to give Sprout that opportunity. So my dad uh, left when we were young, and mm-hmm. so we didn't have that that luxury. My mom had to work, but we had my nan. So mm-hmm. until, well, all the way up until I was like 18, um, but from the age of sort of zero to five, we lived uh, in in a block of flats which you would call an apartment building mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the opposite apartment building was where my nan lived my nan and my granddad and then when we were five we moved to the street behind to into a house so we were like never further than a two minute walk from my nan's house that's and awesome so when we were growing up my nan looked after looked after us mm-hmm. and my granddad so like it was you know, I think I kind of, I may have mentioned this on Infamous Episode 5, um, but like my granddad was like a third parent uh, along with my mum and my nan. Like, my dad's around, but to say, um, I would like to talk about this one day, um, but like to say that he provided much uh, when we were growing up would be a stretch probably, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially in the way of parenting. Sure. Know? Um, but so I, I had that, like, it wasn't the same. It wasn't my mom, but it was a parent. Sure. And, and I, I mean, you know, we live in, we live in different times now. Um, but there was a conversation that, that I overheard at work, um, a couple of weeks ago and it was like a, a bunch of parents talking about how their kids are in childcare, like, for most of the time and then then one one parent mentioned about how they that their child they took them to school in the morning and then they picked them up from the after school club on the way home at 7 p.m because Mm -hmm. they also lived way out of london and i thought to myself like when i was a kid i I don't know if i would have wanted that oh no i completely agree but you know in the same vein i don't begrudge or i don't have any problem specifically with that person they want to have a career they want to have their own life uh and and that is perfectly fine to do um i don't know if it's the choice that i would make but i think in today's world it's not necessarily a wrong choice i think that just things have changed Mm -hmm. um and people want to have careers and or they need careers, you know. They need to work two salaries in the home to, to provide for their family. You know, sometimes it's not a choice. It is, this is what I have to do to make sure I give my kids the best life they can have. And if that's your reason for it, I, th- I say more power to you. And, and I know that your kids are going to appreciate that when they grow up, if they don't already. Um, but it's just, it's, I just found it interesting. I was like, that was not something that I even nearly had when I was growing up. Like my mom came home at 5 p.m. every day, but we had my nan there all the time. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just interesting. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. Um, there's a couple of very quick stories that I feel like kind of relate to this. Um, first, when I went to college or university, if you will, um, I studied computer engineering. And at the time... If you wanted to do the sort of thing that I do for a living today, you would either study computer engineering 
or computer science. And at the time, at the school in which I went, at Virginia Tech, the computer science program was part of the, shoot, I think it was like the math department or maybe the science department. I forget what department it was, but it was not a part of the engineering department. And so because of that, at the time, I would argue that the curriculum for a computer science student was actually considerably easier than that of an engineering student because they had less stringent requirements. They had fewer courses that they had to take, and those that they had to take were oftentimes easier. Not always, but oftentimes. Whereas a computer engineer was an engineer. So I had to take a lot of the same courses that a mechanical engineer would have to take or an electrical engineer. In fact, I would describe computer engineering as about half electrical engineering and half computer science. And I did horribly in school. My priorities were totally wrong. When I went to high school, I never really had to study very much. And so I never really had to try very hard. And I didn't get remarkable grades, but I got good grades. And I got to college and suddenly I could barely keep my head above water. And for there were so many times I called home to my mom and dad, and, and I was very close with them. I remain very close with them. Um, but I would call home, and I would say, I can't do this anymore. I just can't. I can't do this engineering thing. It's, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I can't understand it. I'm barely passing in some, ca- in some cases. I failed several courses. And they always said, just stick with it, just stick with it, just stick with it. And the thing that I actually found that kept me going, and this is God's honest truth, was I knew that I wanted to be able to look at my future spouse, whoever that may be, and say to that person, you do not have to work if you don't want to. I can provide for the family. And sure enough, fast forward 10 years from when I graduated, and Aaron and I were talking, oh my God, we're actually pregnant now. After three years of trying, we're actually pregnant. What are we going to do? What do you, should I quit? What should I do? And I was finally able to look Aaron in the eye and say, you know what? You don't have to work. And suddenly, four years of freaking misery. Like, I loved my college experience from a social aspect, but the academic parts of it were miserable. And, there, and that was all my own fault, but it was miserable. I, I've never been more beat down in my life than I was during those four years. But suddenly, just like that, Everything was worth it. I like the idea of there being choice. So, oh, certainly. I told her I'd love it if you quit. I've begged her to quit for two years now, even before she was pregnant, because in America, anyway, teachers are treated like crap and are paid nothing for the privilege of getting treated like crap. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I mean, like choice for the mother or father. Like, mm-hmm. if if the mom wants to stay at home, they can. If the dad wants to stay at home, they can. I like the idea that. I, I like the thought that there can be choice, and I think that it's. I've got a lot of respect for you for even at that age and making that decision because it's not an easy thing to do. Like I've just explained, how there are people that I know that don't have that choice for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really cool. This is one of those things. Like a, a couple of people pointed out, like how I've kind of lightly made fun of you. Um, in the past for being so like delightfully cute and innocent (laughs) this is one of those things to me where it's like what like 18 19 Mm. you were making a decision uh based on the fact that you wanted your future wife to 
to be able to choose if she wanted to work when you had kids. Mm-hmm. Such so sweet, Casey. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And it, the thing is, like, it was argue. So I think of myself as inside innately an extremely extremely selfish person and I, we might have talked about this at some point or another but i try extremely hard to outwardly not be selfish and i think this decision that i made to stick with engineering and tough it out was one of the first times that i made a truly unselfish decision or maybe i mean you could argue it was selfish because i wanted to have that feeling of being able to say haha you don't have to work as the episode of friends are you familiar with this? The there is no selfless deed. I'm I'm familiar with the show Friends. I I don't know that I've seen that episode. Yeah, it's it's basically the idea. I think I think it's Joey says it to Phoebe, or Phoebe says it to Joey, one way mm-hmm. or the other, and then mm-hmm. the other tries to prove that there are selfless deeds, but every deed that they do to try and prove it ends up being turned around back on them, (laughs) even to the point where it's like, by the end, they find a truly selfless thing, but then it's like, well, it's not because you've done it to try and prove that you were right. Right, right. (laughs) So there is no truly selfless deed. I had a bunch of stuff that I wanted to talk to you about. Hold on, I got one more story real quick, okay. and then after I do that, let's tell let's talk about something that's really cool. Okay. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and this relates to your dad and and your and your um, grandparents. When I was, or a few months ago, when we were freshly pregnant, um, or she was freshly pregnant, pregnant, one of the things we did was I signed up for um, Daddy Boot Camp was the name of the course, and it was like this <laughs> two. Hour, I'm not kidding. It was like this two hour course that they. I shouldn't say advertised, but like the the information pamphlet that you can get about it was like, hey, how do you deal with a crying baby? And it was like kind of chauvinistic, but nevertheless, like, how do you deal with deal with a crying baby? How do you deal with a crying mommy? How do you deal with being a new dad? Come to this two hour course and we'll explain everything. And so um, because I'm not innately a good caregiver, I thought, you know what, I should probably sign up for that. And so I signed up for the course. I went probably two months ago now. And we went around the room near the very beginning of the course and everyone was asked, there was like 20 or 30 gentlemen there. Everyone was asked to, to describe their father and describe what their father meant to them. And it was stupefying to me how much you could learn about each and every one of these men's motivations, feelings, insights, worldviews, thoughts, personalities, how much of that you could see come out when they describe their fathers. And my God, you want to talk about stressful? Imagine hearing all this, hearing this, hearing Tom say that my dad was a jerk and was never there for me and I hate him. And then hearing Bob say, my dad was the best dad that could ever be. And I I hope on one tenth as good a dad as he is and everything in the middle. And oh my goodness, talk about stress. It, it is abundantly obvious to me, or it certainly it was after that, how much of a difference your parents or really anyone who raise you can make on who you become. And so while your dad kind of really fell down on the job, it, it's amazing how much difference I think I can hear in your voice for what your nan and your granddad did for you in his stead. Yeah, but then there's also the thing is like, you know, we learn different things like i learned about the man i don't want to be sure sure and you maybe don't know that man 
Mm-hmm. You know? Right. It's intense, though, I tell you. Anyway, on a happier note, tell me about something that's cool. This episode of Analog is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can stream fantastic courses easily and affordably. These courses are the very best in learning software, web development, graphic design, and so much more. lynda.com makes sure that they work with absolute experts. They work with people that understand uh, different hobbies or different software products directly. They know them intimately. These people either have worked with them on a daily basis or they are actually responsible for working on these software projects themselves. All of the, course, all of the courses at Linda that are helping you learn fantastic stuff, they are produced with the highest quality. These are not like homemade videos that you'll see on YouTube. These courses are broken down into bite-sized pieces, allowing you to learn at your own pace from start to finish, or maybe you just want to jump in and find an answer. And when I say that you can learn at your own pace, you can also learn whilst you're on the go too with Linda's apps for the iPhone, iPad, and Android. There's just one low monthly price of $25. This gives you unlimited access to over 100,000 video tutorials on things including maybe business development. Let's say that you want to learn uh, how to make your YouTube channel the best it can be. Maybe you want to learn how to make your podcast the best it can be. And you want to do this by understanding how to do marketing it's because you want to be able to put to uh, talk about your show or your project to the world. Well, Linda has marketing fundamentals courses. They have Twitter promotion courses. Maybe you want to learn how to, to best promote your stuff on social networks. They have all of that. Uh, maybe you want to learn stuff about web design. They have HTML, CSS courses. They have courses on responsive web design. Absolutely everything. You can just dip in, take a look, and you're bound to find something you're interested in, either to help your work projects better, your side projects better, or to help you find a new hobby. And a great way to go and do this is to go and try them out for free. And we have a way of you going and dipping in and trying out all of Linda's courses for free for seven days. This is a full featured access trial. You can go in, try out everything, and see everything that they have to offer. So go to lynda.com slash analog to sign up. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash analog. Thank you so much to Linda for the support of this show and Relay FM. Right, so... We are recording this, as we mentioned before, before Baby Day. Like, mm-hmm. And, like, Baby Day is any day, right? It, actually, as we record this, her due date is exactly two weeks from today. So it's, it is a, my understanding is that is effectively any day. Yeah, as far as I know, yes. And um, we've actually hang on, gotten to Hang on, shouldn't you know? <laughs> like, if there's anyone that should know, well, should it yes. not be you? <laughs> well, no, what I mean is, like, we've, we're at the part of the pregnancy where you go to the OBGYN weekly. And they and the OB inspects kind of what's going on and can tell you whether or not there are signs that it's happening. And there are some very slight signs that it's happening, but we're still probably at least a week away, which makes sense, you know, because the due date isn't for a couple of weeks. And generally, first babies tend to like to stay in the womb as long as they can. And so it's quite possible that that sprout may even be a little bit late. I'm going to hit hard. Okay. What are you most scared about? Screwing it up. I'm so petrified of screwing it up. I am so unbelievably scared of doing something wrong. And I, from what I've gathered from all the moms and dads that I've spoken to, inevitably, I'm going to screw it up. And I'm going to do it a lot. Is this in the short term or the long term you're saying here? Oh, yes. All of it. <laughs> uh, all of it. I'm scared to death that I'm going to screw everything up. I'm scared that 
I'm going to be a bad dad. I'm scared that I'm not going to be there for Sprout. And uh, let me take a quick aside. <clears throat> we never publicly stated on any show or any um, public forum, not on my website, not on Twitter, if Sprout is a boy or a girl. And I've dodged talking about that just because I didn't, I didn't feel like it was really necessary. And I didn't want to just be like, oh yeah, it's totally of this. And so I just never, we never really talked about it until it happened. And it been, by the time you listen to this, it will have happened. And so Sprout is a little boy. Um, before anyone asks, all we cared about was a healthy child. I couldn't have cared less if it was a boy or a girl. Um, I just wanted a complete baby with all appendages that's healthy. And hopefully that's what we will have received. So anyway, I say that. So this way I can now say, I'm so scared of screwing up his world. I'm so scared of screwing up his worldview. I'm scared of, of treating him poorly. I'm scared. I won't discipline him enough. I'm scared. I'll discipline him too much. I'm scared that I'll discipline him too harshly. I'm scared that I won't have the boundaries he needs in order to grow and expand. I'm scared of everything, but a, I think that's healthy. B it's to be expected and C it's kind of part of the ride. Yeah. I mean, you're going to screw it up. Yep. Um, there's just the level of how much. And, and I think that's the key thing, mm-hmm. right? Is we're all screwed up by our parents a little bit. Uh, some of us a lot of bit. and But it's there's just an element where you just have to be happy with the amount you screw up. Yep. Uh, because as well, I think, you know, a lot of the emotional screw ups, uh, at least early on, they, they don't make too much of a... <laughs> one would hope not the, the things that scare me around little children and i think the things that i will know i will I, i'll get scared about the most is doing something uh that could hurt them mm-hmm. that's like my big fear about babies i'm terrified of dropping babies oh yeah uh, like when my nephew was born like i wanted to hold him but didn't want to hold him. Yeah, <laughs> and, oh yeah. Like, he's, he is uh, three years old now, and I'm still terrified I'm going to hurt him in some way. It's a big, it's, I'm weird about these sort of things anyway. Another thing to discuss later in, in the show is my nervous disposition. Uh-huh. Like that is something that I really want to talk about one day. We should journal that. Uh, <laughs> part of my nervous disposition is imagining all of the bad things that can happen in a situation. Right. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Like, oh, I might fall down this staircase. Like, yep. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Well done. Good job, buddy. <laughs> like, yep. Now uh, we'll just you. trip over a bunch. <laughs> um, and, and that's like a big thing for me. Does that stuff scare you? Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it, everything scares me. Like, um, a silly example is when I was in roughly fourth grade. So I don't know. I was like 10 years old. Um, I was kind of horsing around with my immediate younger brother. I am also one of three boys, but I'm the eldest. And I was wrestling with my immediate younger brother, and not in a jerky way, just in a fun way, as kids do. And my parents were out to dinner at the time. And my younger brother was pinned under a beanbag, or so I thought. And I leaned over the beanbag to see where he was. And you have to understand, when I was a kid, I had an overbite out as far as London, and he jumped up, clipped my teeth, and my two front teeth fell out. And they were my adult teeth. 
And so, yeah. So I am completely queasy about anything tooth related. And so I'm petrified that Sprout's going to hit himself in the teeth or something and a tooth is going to fall out. Totally unreasonable. Totally stupid. Hell, half of his teeth are supposed, or all of his teeth actually are supposed to fall out once. But like tooth fairy time, I'm already completely scared crapless of tooth fairy time. Or like him running up to me and being like, look, daddy. And like, oh, oh, gross. I once hit my brother in the head of a golf club. Similar kind of scenario. Nice. We, it was a golf club in the garden. I was taking a swing. <laughs> he leant over, crack. Yep. Yeah, that was that was a bad one. <laughs> yep, that's no good. But um, you know, the thing the the interesting thing though, to come back just a step, is that one of the things I'm most scared of is not being my own parent. And I don't mean the parent of myself. What I mean is, as I said earlier, I'm really tight with both my mom and dad. And Although there are times that I hated their guts and there are times that I really think they didn't make smart choices, for 99% of my childhood, all the way through I was, through the time I graduated college, they were awesome parents. And they remain awesome parents. Occasionally we get, we get on each other's nerves, but by and large, they're awesome, awesome, awesome parents. And I'm very scared that rather than doing what I think I should do, I'm going to emulate what mom and dad would do. Mm. And that's not good. That's not a recipe for success. Um, something that, that I know that a lot of friends go through, a lot of family goes through, is the judging of, mm-hmm. of my, your mom and dad, you know, and Aaron's mom and dad on the things that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that that's going to be something you'll be dealing with? <laughs> Like the all the things that you should be doing, but you're not doing, and you're not doing it right. Are you going to try and just do them your way? Are you going to listen to the advice that you give? You're given. I, you know, it's a really, really good question. I like to think that all four parents are going to be reasonably hands off. They know that Aaron and I are extremely independent that we are extremely stubborn. I always say to Aaron that she's way more stubborn than I am, but between us listeners, I'm just as bad. Don't worry, Aaron totally doesn't listen to the show. She does. But um, but I'm just as bad as she is. And they know that if we really set our minds to something, that's the way it's going to be. And tough noogies if you don't like it. So I'm, I, I think we will, or certainly I will, solicit advice from Erin, from my parents, from her parents, who are also very good parents, by the way. Um, and I think there will be some amount of judging, but I don't think it will be too bad. And listeners, as over the next few weeks, we'll find out <laughs> how bad it is. But, um, but I, think, I think that they're, they all have the best of intentions at heart, and I don't think think it will be bad but it's certainly something i'm i'm nervous about is everything ready at home as ready as it's gonna be um aaron and i are not really procrastinators but we research everything to death um as mike can attest to i recently decided that i was going to buy a relatively fancy camera (laughs) yep uh in order to take pictures of sprout as he's growing up and i not belittled, I badgered, that's what I'm looking for. I badgered the relay um, Slack room, the the chat room that we use. 
for like what a week and a half every two hours asking some inane innate stupid awful question about cameras should i get this camera should i get that camera what about this is this really worth the money i don't mind spending the money if it's worth it but is it really worth it oh my god i was annoying myself after a while so think the thing was like everybody would give casey the same piece of advice and then he'd say okay and then he'd be like then I'd double think it. Yeah, but what about this? And then everyone would give the same piece of advice, which is to get the like Olympus uh, mm-hmm. that Sean that Blanc recommended on Tools and Toys. That was like effective what everybody told you to do, even including me. Um, and I don't even own one of those things, but <laughs> I'm always jealous of their cameras when I see them. Right. And right. I've seen the picture Steven's taken with his micro three thirds, three fourths, or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Four thirds. Camera. Um, and, I, you know, that they're, they're like mirrorless right is the is the main thing about yep, it. i'm yep, always yep. jealous of those i'm always sean just takes the most incredible pictures of his family like the, just astounding stuff um yeah so i told you to get it and then basically everybody else in the in the chat room that we have owned <laughs> one of these cameras basically or or was in the in the market to buy one one or the other uh, yeah but you you did finally listen to everyone you rented it first didn't you i did yep I uh, rented it. I rented the Olymp- uh, the Olympus camera, the Micro Four Thirds. I rented the, uh, I think it's a Panasonic Leica, Leica lens that uh, Sean Blanc recommended. And Sean was extremely patient. Uh, Tom and Dan from Studio Neat were extremely patient. And everyone else in the chat room, you know, you and Steven and Jason Snell and everyone else. Weren't so patient. No, 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 no. You guys were patient. But Sean, Sean Blanc is made of patience. Like, I think yeah. he's built of patience. I think you're right. Yeah. So you've got nothing to worry about with that guy. Yep. So anyway, so to, to directly answer your question, um, we like to research everything. We like to plan for everything. And the problem with buying for a baby, and this occurred to me as we were doing some registry, um, we were registering for our baby registry. Um, hmm. It occurred to me that we're buying some, we're trying to buy stuff or, or asking for, you know, gifts from family. Um for for a person we've never met and we don't know what he likes or what he doesn't like yet we're trying to make decisions about what he's going to want is he going to want a pampers diaper or is he going to want a huggies diaper is he going to want this swaddle or that swaddle and it is he going to like this bottle or that bottle and it's a total crapshoot and so we would get ourselves like wrapped around the axle worked up about well what do we do what do we buy what do we get should we like this should we get this should we get both of them should we get three of each should we get one of each and it was just incredible but but it also kind of doesn't matter right Oh, you're absolutely right. And that's the eventual conclusion okay. we came to. Good. And so the the nursery, uh, it's not, I mean, all the pieces are there, but we still have a little bit of cleaning up and arranging to do. Um, the bags are pretty much packed for the hospital. I mean, it's, all the stuff is laid out. It's just not actually in suitcases because a lot of the stuff we'd bring is stuff we'd use every day, uh, you know, that we use like every day these days. Um so I feel pretty confident. We have a couple more shipments coming our way. Our, the UPS and FedEx and mailbox, or the Mailman are all our best friends now. Um, but that being said, we are, we are certainly in the, in the realm of acceptable. So if Aaron comes running upstairs as we're recording saying, oh my God, it's happening, I wouldn't really be freaking out too bad. And in fact, the base that the infant carrier plugs into has been in my car for like two weeks now because I'm that prepare i want to be that prepared and i'm that scared we spoke about that didn't we already i thought we did but i wasn't sure yeah because i was talking about the fireman i think mm, mm-hmm. um, right. 
what is the most expensive thing you've purchased and why did you spend that much money on that thing? Ah, that's a tough question. I mean, I'll answer the question. It's a tough question though, because I don't want to sound like I'm gloating. Um, uh, The baby furniture was really expensive. We ended up getting it from Target and we could have spent way more money than we did. Um, And when I say baby furniture, I mean a crib, I mean a glider. I'm, which a is what? basically a, a rocking chair. I don't know why they call it a glider. It's a rocking chair for when you're, <laughs> when you're nursing the baby. Um, it's like a wedding, right? So like everything has a special name and a special purpose, but really it's just a freaking rocking chair. Well, the fact that you have a, a registry. <laughs> right, right. Well, well, and that's because you have a baby shower just like yeah, you yeah, have no, a it's great. It's wedding great. shower. But anyway, so the, the, the furniture was really expensive. Um, so there was the crib, the rocker, the little ottoman that comes with the rocker, the dresser, the changing tabley pad thing. Uh, we also got a bookshelf for the room. Um, that was pretty expensive. The, um, baby monitor that we got, it was pretty expensive, but n- not near as much as the furniture and this camera, the camera actually might've been the most expensive thing we got, uh, because between the lens and the camera, it was a considerable amount of money. Why did you buy the camera? So Aaron and I went back and forth a lot about this. And uh, to this day, I'm not sure I chose wisely, but what she had said to me in a very reasonable, even keeled way, because she's right, is you keep telling me how wonderful the iPhone camera is. Why do we really need another one? And I don't really have a good answer for that. Other than to say Sprout will only be a little dude once. He's only going to be an infant once. And I don't want to look back on the pictures we take of him and look at them and say, by God, they're so pixelated. If I had only spent the money on a camera, maybe they'll still be pixelated, but they wouldn't have been as bad. And although the money we spent on the camera and the lens was a lot, I felt like it was kind of an insurance policy against regret because I didn't want to regret not having done it, which is both a wonderful and terrible reason to spend a shed load of money on a camera. But I want to be able to have a camera that I know the only thing stopping me from getting awesome pictures of Sprout is me. And it's not my equipment. And of course, all the good photographers are saying, well, the equipment doesn't make the photo and that's true. But I don't want to look back and say, you know, geez, if this, this photograph looked awesome, but it, but with a better lens that's more than, you know, an inch or a third of an inch deep and with a better camera, it would have looked even more awesome. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, because I know a bunch of people that have done it. Like, yeah. if given that exact reason, like I, Marco's done it and he said this thing when Stephen bought his camera, he said the same so did Sean. Like the, the pictures that the iPhone cameras take are great, but they're just not as good. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the like I say, look at the pictures that Stephen's taken when he took his family to Disneyland, or mm-hmm. in his Flickr account. Can we make a note of that for the show notes? Absolutely. Um, they're just in, these incredible pictures. Um, and then if you look at the the pictures in Sean's review, uh, you see like you you can't get pictures to look like this this easily on an iPhone. You just can't do it, and that's because. There are reasons, right? Because otherwise, our phones will be as thick as digital cameras. Right. Which we kind of don't want, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, 
see, the, they're, they're the trade-offs. There's the reasons that those things are so thick. They don't have to be that thick. To tech, you know, because we have this technology in like pinholes, you know? Yep. But they, the, the sizes are that way for a very good reason because it allows for a better picture at the end of it. That's I agree right. with you, like, because I think about like getting a better camera for a, for like family things, but I just don't have enough of them that happen for me to actually justify doing it. Mm-hmm. Um. Because then, you know, I'd have to be like, oh, no, I'm just taking pictures. I'm just taking pictures and there's not really much point. And I'll just stop doing it because like, I, know, I know what I'm like. Yep. But I I agree with your reasoning. Even if it's just for the first few weeks and then for events, you will at least, whenever you look back at those picture albums, you will not regret it. And that's exactly what I thought. Like, it was roughly $1,500 for all this, which is a crap load of money. But. When you have a baby on the way. <laughs> yeah, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm lucky in that I can say it is a crap load of money, but it's a crap load of money I can spend. And so that's what we did. Uh, and the other the other couple things that were really expensive that we were lucky enough not to have to pay for, otherwise we wouldn't have gotten this camera, um, we got something that's called a pack and play, which is basically like a portable crib. Um, that was really expensive. And so that's what you can take with you when you travel, if you need a place for, for Sprout to sleep. And also it's a really nice way to have a crib downstairs in the house. And then, uh, some dear friends of ours who are crazy, um, decided to spend, um, several hundred dollars on, um, it's called an infant like system or traveler system, I think. And so basically it's the base that goes in the car, the little thing, the infant carrier that plugs into it, as well as a stroller, which, the infant carrier just kind of drops in when he's really little. And then eventually you just put away, you you're done with the infant carrier and he just sits in the stroller as is, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I bought that for my brother. Oh yes. You know, they're extremely expensive. Yeah. They're very expensive. (laughs) And actually it's funny. We did not go with the uh, British brand. I want to say it's called Britax. um, But those were extremely highly reviewed. So your 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 countrymen are exporting some excellent products here to the, U- the U.S. of A. For the protection of your children. For the protection of our of of our children. Uh, before you go anywhere else, you want to tell me about something else that's really cool? Yeah, I've got a big question for you after this. Excellent. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at Hover. Hover is quite simply the best way to buy and manage domain names. When I come to buy a domain name, when I think about starting a new project, or when I just want to buy something silly to redirect to somewhere else, Hover is the only place that I think of, and it's the first website I go to. And it's the first website I go to for a really simple reason, is they help me very quickly, easily understand what domains are available for a certain project name or uh, words that I'm looking for. They have really simple tools to allow you to quickly just type in a couple of words or type in the domain that you're looking for, and they will search some stuff. They'll show you what's available. They'll show you all of the TLDs that they have, like .com, .co, .me, .plumbing, .nyc, .academy. They'll show you all of them. They have all of the TLDs that you're going to need. They'll show you what's available for the stuff that you're looking for, and you can very quickly just select the ones you want and go through to purchase. And it's simple. You're not shown a thousand screens. You're not shown a million different things to add on at stupidly high prices. They do all of this stuff really simply for you. They offer who is privacy for free of all of their domains. You don't have to try and find that setting somewhere to enable it and their domains are very competitively priced they're cheap their .com domains starting at $12.99 they've recently lowered their prices on a bunch of their TLDs and they have over 200 of them 
Hover have a fantastic customer support policy as well. They have no hold, no wait, no transfer telephone support, which is fam- they're famous for. You can see why. You know, you call someone up and they're going to be able to help you. They're not going to transfer you around. They're going to bounce you from person to person to person. They also have great um, email support as well. This is something that I've used them for a bunch of times. So I send them Hover an email, say I'm having trouble with this or I don't understand how to do this. And they just get, they have a very friendly person will email you back and they're like, oh, we can do this for you. Or don't worry, we've already done it for you. And don't forget Hover's valet service as well. This is better going to take all of the hassle away from switching from your current provider because they will do it all for you. And this is for free, whether you have 10 domains or 200. You just say, I want to move them all from X person to you guys and they will just take care of the rest. Hover have stuff like volume discounts, custom email addresses, they do storage and forwarding of email as well, and so much more. Go now to hover.com and try them out. You want to use the code HUGS, that's H-U-G-S at checkout. This is where you're going to get 10% off your first purchase at hover.com and show your support for analog. That's offer code HUGS at checkout. Thank you so much to Hover for their support of analog and Relay FM. That was awesome. <laughs> Ask me your big question. Sprout. Mm-hmm. It's obviously not going to be his name. That's correct. Do you have a name? No, we do not. We oh, have. Okay. Oh, oh okay. We have th- <laughs> I thought that was going to be flat out. No, no names. <laughs> uh, no, we have three options for first name, and we've kicked around ideas for middle name. None of them are really stuck. <clears throat> I'm assuming that. Um, when people hear this, they probably may have already seen. That is my that is my expectation. Is by the time people listen to this, the name will have been decided. So give me your give me the give me the rundown. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you the options, but oh. I will describe them. Why won't so, you tell me the options? Because I haven't told a soul other than Aaron, and I don't want to ruin it. And I wait. Promise- hang on a minute. Oh no, I, I see what you're saying. For some reason, I, I I I heard I haven't told a soul, even Aaron. I was like, wait, <laughs> how did you get that yeah. to happen? How did okay. how did that happen? Uh, no. So one of the options, um, Aaron really likes, and I like, but it's a fairly common name these days. And I, we're trying to come up with a name that's relatively unique. Like, um, what's Sean's younger child's name? Giovanni. Yeah. Yeah, is that right? Noah, Noah and Giovanni. Has right. Both both reasonably unique names. I would say names. Giovanni more so, but both unique names. You know, um, it's not Chris, for example. Nothing against Chris's. It's just not Chris. So we're trying to come up with unique names. This one was extremely unique, but I think has gotten relatively trendy these days. Let's let's call it the boy equivalent of Miley, just for the sake of conversation. Does that make sense? Like it's a very one-off name, but it's become very popular. You with mm-hmm. me? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, so that's that's one of the options. The other option is a very unique name, but one that we think is gaining in popularity. And so it's one of those things where we don't want to have, like I feel Zach is a great example. Like Zach was a name that nobody named their kid Zach, and then all of a sudden everyone was named Zach. Or maybe I'm making that up, but that's why, that's why I remember it. And so... Uh, or Peyton. I don't know if Peyton is a UK thing or not, but here in the States, everyone is named Peyton these days. Boys, girls, doesn't matter. Everyone is Peyton. And so it's a very unique name that kind of came out of nowhere and now is really popular. This one isn't. So the first one I think is kind of like that. It's definitely on the upward 
ramp, if you will, in my opinion. This next one, the one I'm talking about right now, I don't think it's that popular yet, but I'm scared it's going to be popular. So does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. The last one is a little bit of an older name. Um, I'm trying to think of like a an equivalent, an analogous one. Um, Donna. So my 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 mom's mom is Donna. Um, very relatively old name, not something you see a lot, but you know it's starting to come back a little bit. This one I think is kind of like that, but I think we're way early on the upswing, or perhaps even on the tail end of the downswing. So those are the three options. The other interesting thing is my two brothers are Adam and Brady. My name is Casey. Aaron's name is Aaron, obviously. What letter is missing between A, B, C, and E? That's a pop quiz for you, Mike. D. Mm-hmm. So two of the names, and I won't tell you which ones, start with a D. Additionally, one of the names can actually be verbally or orally, A-U-R-A-L-L-Y, could be a boy or a girl name. Just like orally, Casey could. And Aaron could. It would be Aaron or Aaron, but, you know, same basic idea. And so there's a little bit of a beauty to me in having Adam Brady Casey thing, you know, Sprout, Aaron, especially if the Sprout's name could be a boy name or a girl name. Does that make sense? Yes. You're kind of losing me a bit, but I'm trying to I'm trying to keep keep up with you. So you know, you could have a boy named Casey or a girl named Casey. You could have a boy uh, named Double A R O N or a girl named E R I N. So the spellings may be different, but the but the pronunciation is basically the same. Okay. Like hover and hover. No, it's completely. Incorrect. <laughs> I'm so intrigued. I was hoping I was going to get the name. Yeah. the names here. But now I, you have I something to think about. You have something to think about for the next two weeks. Will you Will you provide follow up of the name? choices yes okay good as long as aaron doesn't forbid it and i don't know why she would i mean i don't mean that in a in a bad way i mean if if for some reason she thinks that we might want to hold on to one if there's a number two for example maybe i won't but um but yes as long as i'm get as long as i get clearance from uh from my special lady then yeah i will do follow up and and tell you which name is which is there a chance you're going to be naming him after me yes good Let's go with yes. That was the right answer, I, wasn't it? As long it? as there's a chance. It's kind of like So it. you're saying I have a chance. Did you ever see, <laughs> did you ever see Dumb and Dumber? Is that yeah. what that was from? Okay. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, so we don't have a name. We don't have a first name. Um, we have, a, like I said, we have a couple ideas around a middle name. Uh, we actually, well, I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. We have a couple ideas around a middle name, and um, and we'll see where we go there. I, I would like to do a family name for middle name, but... It's tough because all of my grandparents are living. I'm extremely lucky that way. Um, none of Aaron's grandparents are living, and she's extremely unlucky that way. And so it's it's hard because naturally she doesn't know my grandparents like I do. I had never met her grandparents. But I think it would be cool to do a family name as a middle name, but we haven't found a family name that we really like, if, that makes, you know, if that's not a terrible thing to say. Um, so we'll see. I'm not really sure. Yeah, my my older brother, um, his two middle names, one of them's my dad's name and one of them's my dad's dad's name, but his name is my granddad on my mom's side's name. Wait, wait. So do you? So he has four names, including his surname. I have four names. Do you? Yeah, is I, that a British thing? No, it's just my mum. Oh, okay. Lots of people have middle names, but not necessarily two 
middle names. Well, I know the Prince of Wales, or whatever. Yeah, Prince yeah, William. Yeah, but that's just like a thing. That's a royalty thing, isn't it? Yeah, we're not royalty, but my mum just wanted two uh, middle names. So, yeah, so my brother has like three family names in total. All of, mm-hmm. like he's three first names of family names. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know why my mum my went so overboard on him <laughs> because. This is quite funny, actually. So, um, as I said, like my my brother's middle names are Philip and Henry, and then my mum couldn't decide on. So she had three choices for me. She had Michael, David, and James. They were the names that she just wanted to give me. One of those names. There was no real connection. Mm-hmm. Um, she couldn't decide. So she ended up going with Michael, but then loved David and James so much that she gave me both of them. But my younger brother, I think she'd given up because she just <laughs> she just took one name from each of us. So oh. he, ha- <laughs> he has... Oh, what? I can't remember what he is now. <laughs> That's I good. Hen- I think it's Henry David? James? It's Ke- oh. Yeah, it's, it's Henry James. It's Henry James. Yeah, my mum wasn't going to give uh, my dad's name out again, I don't think. Uh, yeah, he, he went with Henry James. But yeah, I don't know why she decided four for everyone. Like in total, I think it was after she'd, she'd given two middle names to my older brother. I think she just decided she'd stick with the pattern. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, whatever works. But yeah, it's it's provided... And it's a surprising amount of stress for the two of us. And it's not like we've gotten into like a blowout or anything like that. I don't about think what it's surprising. Do. This is like the biggest decision you can make for your well, child. Well, right. That's the thing. And the other problem is we have an interesting surname. So I'm trying to think of how to put this delicately. Um, we couldn't use, or here's a great example. Aaron really likes the name Ryder, but Ryder list doesn't really sound right. So, but that limits a bunch of names, um, and Richard is a great example. And if you don't understand the joke, just figure out what a, what a good nickname for Richard is. Um, and uh, there's a lot of good girl names that that we can't use if we ever have a girl. So like Hope or Love or, um, I mean, Chastity. I'm not sure that's my favorite name in the world, but just as an example, I don't um, like that name at all. It's such an American name. It's it's a weird name. Um, Penny. Can't really go with that. And I Penny's- actually like the name Penny, but. Oh, but that's cute though. But you penniless? Do it. Yeah. Oh, that's like Northwest. That's like, so cute. I oh, I just God. think that's just nice. There's she could be like a musician or something. <laughs> you couldn't artist. have a normal job. Do you do the CEO test? Have you done the CEO test? What is this? No. You need to imagine the name of your child. Put it on and imagine it being on a plaque sitting on a big desk. Does it mm-hmm. fit? Like for example, you are never going to see to see like CEO, uh, like Beyonce love, Liz, you know, or whatever. <laughs> you know that name is never going to be a CEO's name. Or like, um, I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to think of names that won't offend people so much. You know. Yeah. Good luck with that. Well, I get uh, the idea. You know, like so, it's a name that sounds like it could be a powerful name or just a name that is not laughable mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. silly yep. yeah that's the ceo test that's fair it's a fair fair idea i don't know we'll see what happens i think 
as much as we're planners, we really want to have the name picked out before we go. I suspect what's going to happen is we're going to meet him. And hopefully within the first few minutes of meeting him, we're going to decide on a name. I hope so. Because that stuff can stick otherwise. Yeah, we'll see. And I mean, who knows? Like my dad, um, his, his birth name he was never called by his birth name ever. Yeah. Um, he, he didn't have a nickname when he was in utero like Sprout does, but um, but he always went by a nickname, always, always, always when he was growing up. And it got to the point that when I was 10 years old-ish, um, he actually legally changed his name. He changed his name to his nickname, dropped his middle name entirely. And so now it's just his first name and his last name. It was, you know, his first name, Liss. And, um, and, and so that was... That was something that it's almost like, well, why did, you know, why did they even bother? Why did his, why did my grandparents, his parents even bother with the other names? Like, you know, just go with the nickname, but you know, those things you can't really plan. They just kind of happen organically. And so who knows, maybe Sprout in 10 years will change his name to Sproutless, which I sincerely doubt, but you never know. It's quite popular here. Um, Sprout? No. Uh, (laughs) To, to just pick one of the names you're given. To go by or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not unusual here. I, one of the things I said to Aaron was like, should we choose a middle name that makes for a good a set of initials? So like DJ, for example. So rather than being, I don't know, let's call it David James, just for the sake of discussion, he could be DJ, you know? Um, but I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I tried that. It's, DJ is not as cool as you think it is. Well, what are you and what? Well, I've got David James. Oh, 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 I got you. I got you. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not as cool as you hope it's going to be. Good to know. But yeah, it's a big decision, man. I mean, this is his name usually for the rest of his life. You know what? It, it's if I named him or if we named him Richard, like it. How do you not say screw you, mom and dad? You know, like <laughs> thanks a lot. Why don't you go sod off? That's a British thing, right? Yeah. Okay, that, that will work for now. <laughs> Let's talk uh, about our final friend for, for this week's episode. Yes, let's do that. And our last sponsor today on this very special episode of Analog is our friends at Igloo, who build an internet you'll actually like. Many people listening to the show will be used to using some sort of horrible, slow, old, ugly internet product. Maybe it's built on SharePoint or something else that was maybe built in the 90s and feels like it was built in the 90s. And this can show you just how horrible it can be to use a product like this. Not only is it likely to be out of date, I'm going to guarantee that there's nothing in there that's going to make it feel like there's humans behind it. Well, this is what Igloo do. They find ways to make people in an organization, maybe it's your organization or something that you're already a part of, they help them to connect in meaningful ways and build an a intranet product that actually feels like an extension of the workplace rather than just a thing that you have to do to get HR to be happy with you. The starting point for creating a fantastic intranet is to create a design which fits with with the company that you're a part of. And this is what Igloo allow you to do. They allow you to go in and customize everything. They allow you to make all of the fonts look the way you want, the colors look the way you want. This is going to replicate across all devices because they feature responsive web design right out of the box, making it very easy to uh, add stuff to projects, maybe to go in and check stuff on calendars or documents. You can do all of that whilst on the go. But their design also comes through with the apps that they build in. So... Igloo gives you the flexibility to change the structure and presentation of your internet by allowing you to take drag and drop 
apps, so calendars, microblogs that are kind of like Twitter or comment systems, task management stuff. You can drag and drop all of this in and you can make some parts of your internet content driven. You can make some parts of it communication driven and it's all tied together in this lovely internet hub. You can turn on certain parts in certain areas if different communities within your organization work in different ways. You can customize it fully to make it make the most sense for you. Igloo is so awesome, you should go and try them out. And they have a great way of doing it. To make sure that your company, your organization, your charity, small business, anything, is communicating in the best way that they can, go and sign up for Igloo right now. It's free to use of up to 10 people. You can sign up at igloosoftware.com slash analog. Thank you so much to Igloo for the support of this show. That's igloosoftware.com slash analog. Okay, so I I have something that, I mean, this is probably way too early to tell, but do you think you'll be a three-person family forever? Um, I don't know. So we've, we've talked a lot about that, and given all the problems we had getting pregnant, which we talked about in that same episode as you talked about your granddad, I believe it was episode five, um, and that, that was the one that Stephen was on. Given how many problems we've had getting pregnant, we're very scared to tempt fate and try again. Yeah, do you want to go through that again? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, it's also difficult because let's let's say for the sake of conversation that Aaron and I really want to have two kids. And I will say that if we had a choice, we would have two kids. But let's just say for the sake of conversation, we are hell-bent on it. Then what do you do? And what I mean is, when do you start trying again? Do you start trying uncomfortably soon after Sprout is born because you expect it to take three years? I mean, Erin is a year younger than I, and so she's still a young woman, but you know, you start to get into uncomfortable periods when it comes to having babies just a few years away from her age now. So do you start almost immediately with the expectation that it will happen not immediately? What happens if it does happen immediately? I've met many people or heard stories of like for you know, friends, you know, so I'll meet someone and they'll say, Oh, you know, my friend had real big fertility problems for their first child, but hooey, that second and third child having no problem, you know? And so what happens then? What happens if we expect sprout number two to take two years to come around and it ends up that Aaron's basically pregnant for, you know, 18 months straight, of course, not literally, but you know what I mean? You know, of of two years, she's pregnant for 18 months of it. That would be a little uncomfortable. But do you do we wait a long time on the assumption that whatever the issue is has gone away now? What if it hasn't? Now, even if we can get pregnant again, it's very possible that by the time we do get pregnant, it will be classified as a high-risk pregnancy because Aaron may be over 35. So it's a tough call. I will say that I think if we had a choice, we would have two kids. Um, growing up as you did as a family of, well, sort of you did, um, uh, growing up as a family of five, it makes a lot of things a little bit hard. And somebody said to me once, the world is built for families of four and it's all stupid stuff if I'm honest with you, but it's still hard. Like a hotel room, you typically need two hotel rooms or you're a little cramped. When you go to go out to eat, you oftentimes need more than just one table, more than just a four top because there's five of you. When you get on a roller coaster, it's usually rows of two. So it's two, two and a stranger, you know, two or two, two, one and a stranger, stupid stuff, admittedly, but challenging nevertheless. And so we'll see what happens, but it's a hard thing to say. Plus 
I mean, I'm petrified. I'm petrified of handling just one child, let alone two. And to have a moment of real talk, not that this wasn't already, but really real talk, something Aaron and I have been, I don't know if struggling with is the right answer, but something Aaron and I have been talking about a lot is being scared of losing us. And I'm hesitant to say it out loud because I don't want to come across like a bad parent before I've even had the darn kid, but I don't, I don't want to lose out on my wife. Like I love Aaron a lot and I love being around Aaron and I love being with Aaron and I love spending time with Aaron and I love goofing off with her and and sleeping in on the weekends and making breakfast together and, and going places together and hanging out together and watching movies and watching football and all the things we do together. And it's not to say that those things can't still happen once we have a kid, but I like my life today. I want a kid more, more than I can describe, Mike. I really do. I, I am so unbelievably excited to meet Sprout. I cannot even begin to describe it in words. But I don't want to lose my wife either. And she doesn't want to lose her husband. And on the one side, I think that's healthy. And I think that's reasonable. And I think that's fair. On the other side, I wonder if that's extraordinarily selfish. And I'm not sure which. So that does actually kind of lead into what one of the other things that I wanted to ask you is what what do you think your social life looks like? Yeah, uh, I don't know. So Aaron and I are, um, I, you know, I would describe us as homebodies, but it's all relative, right? You know, I mean, if I would say if you go out to a bar more than once every six months, that's like you know, going out and having fun, quote unquote, a lot more than we do. But then again, we go to football games almost every weekend in the fall or, you know, American football games almost every weekend in the fall. So everything is relative. Um, when it comes to hanging out with friends, we typically have at least dinner or, you know, go over to somebody's house once or twice a month, but for better or worse, God, I can't think of a way to say this without sounding like totally self-obsessed, but our schedules tend to fill up relatively quickly. And hey, that's popular. Uh, see, I know I'm sorry. Maybe we should <laughs> cut this, but <laughs> no, 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 no. But, um, but I mean, our weekends are not long. And during the week, Wednesday night, we re- I record ATP Thursday nights. I record analog probably once or twice a month. I end up doing a guest spot on one of those weekday nights And then our weekends are filled up oftentimes two or three months in advance. And we often drive our friends crazy because they'll want to do a spur of the moment thing. And we've already got a commitment. And I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that we're such planners and we, excuse me, and we like to plan things out, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of planning when it comes to when Sprout is ready to go to the mall, when Sprout is ready to go out and play, when Sprout is ready to do really just about anything. And the thought of being of being unable or perhaps unwilling to go out even for like Panera Bread, which is, you know, a kind of a fast foodie sort of restaurant here, you know, or let's just say McDonald's for the sake of discussion, being it like we won't be able to go to McDonald's for breakfast or anything for months, potentially. Now, 
again, the parents are probably laughing and saying, oh, infants don't care. It's fine. You'll be great. It's when they're not infants that you're screwed. And that very well may be true. But we're going to be so scared of breaking sprout that that I don't think we'll leave the house very often. And additionally, I don't want to be that parent that has the screaming, whining kid. And who knows if sprout will be, you know, colicky, I believe is the term or, or you know, just if he'll be a whiner. Certainly, if he's like his dad, his daddy will be. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But um, I don't know. Our social agenda, I, I expect it to be turned completely upside down, inside out, and backwards. And I'm trying to embrace that. I'm, I'm so excited for you. Like, naturally, you're worried and concerned. Like, and if you weren't, I would probably be worried and concerned. <laughs> um. I like I I know you well enough uh, like I consider you one of my closest friends I know you well enough to know that you are going to be an incredible dad because you have these parts of you um that lend to that you know as I said you are you're a very nice person you're a wholesome person um and you know you teach me good lessons a lot of the time <laughs> So, you know, I'm only really saying this to you, like to you, because uh, I just want you to know that I feel that way. Uh, so because just because I want you to try and make sure that you at least feel that other people feel that way about you. So you can maybe try and take it on a little bit yourself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's extremely kind of you to say, and I deeply appreciate it. And I, don't, I mean, I... I... I don't know how it's, how this episode has come across because we're two weeks away from this thing that we've never experienced. I think my world is kind of clouded by fear of the unknown and and stress and just general being generally being scared. But Aaron and I have spent arguably more time and more thought and more emotion and more money than most couples have to do. Naturally, there's many couples that have spent much more time than we have. And like we talked about in the episode with Steven, who have spent much more emotion than we have, but everything is relative and your own experience, whoever you may be, always seems more difficult than anyone else's. And we've spent an inordinate amount of time and energy and and thought and, and whatnot trying to bring Sprout into our lives. And I still, to this day, look at Aaron, and she's gotten to be relatively big now, and I mean that in the both the most wonderful possible, possible wonderful way possible. She, she's beautiful. I really mean that. And and it's funny how often people, even sometimes strangers, will say to her, "God, you're 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 glowing. You look awesome," and it's true. And and granted, I have to say that, but it is true. Um, so I don't even know where I was going with this, but um, but I'm so excited. And when I look at her belly, it's still kind of not real to me. It still seems like, oh, that can't actually be our baby because our lives for so long have been defined by not having a baby. And then we got this little thing. There's a technical term for it. I forget what it is, uh, but it's a little thing that you can put on her belly to hear Sprout's heartbeat. And it's actually very inexpensive. It was a gift from uh, some other friends of ours. And so every, you know, once every week or two, we'll, we'll put it on her belly and listen to Sprout and listen to his little heartbeat pumping away really quickly. And in fact, if I remember, I can give you a clip of it. You could drop in the show, but, um, we hear that and it's, it's unbelievable. Like I'm not a particularly religious man, but 
somehow, by some way, we have put this little being in our lives, and God has put this little being in our lives, and and that's a really unbelievably beautiful and incredible thing. And I am so unbelievably excited to meet Sprout. I'm so excited to meet him. I'm so excited to see the world through his eyes and to, to you know, when you're you're first in a relationship, like you and your lady, you get to show her things that that you that define you that you that are important to you you get to show her Scott Pilgrim for the first time maybe or you get to show her this nook and cranny inside London that she's never seen that that means the world to you you get to take her to San Francisco with you for WWDC and meet all your friends that are out there or XOXO or whatever and it's like it's so awesome being being able to experience that through her eyes but as wonderful as she I'm sure she is she's an adult and there's so many layers on top of the real her that you're still experiencing a muted version of it the same way that she experiences a muted version of it through you. And I experience a muted version of things I show Aaron and, and vice versa. But to see it through a child's eyes where there's so few layers on top where that onion is so raw, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to take Sprout to the park that, that we got engaged in, to take him to Carter Mountain the place that we that we go apple picking all the time. I'm so excited to experience all that with him and 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 grow with him. And and I'm so excited for Aaron and I's relationship to grow with him too. I'm excited. I'm so I'm, excited. I'm, I'm so stoked. I'm scared crapless, but I'm so stoked. And I'm look forward to where this show's going to go. I do too actually, and it's funny because you know, on ATP, Marco obviously is a is a dad of a young a young son, and and John has two children, a boy and a girl, and so I think a lot there's a lot for them that they're excited about watching it through my eyes, kind of in the same same way I was just just describing. But but ATP doesn't lend itself to talking about the real ins and outs of being a dad. And I'm not saying that this is going to turn into turning this car around or anything like that, but I think it would, it would be reasonable to assume every episode or every couple episodes of analog will probably have a little minute where we'll check in with Casey and see how screwed he is and how distraught he is and, and what, what he's learned about being a dad this week. Well, I mean, I expect the first, like the next bunch of episodes to be that way. Um, like for it to be pretty much like completely focused on that. And it's funny because if you'll permit me one quick aside, then we should probably wrap up. Um, one of the things I've thought about a lot over the last eight months, actually nine months, I believe now, um, is Sprout has a unique opportunity to get to know his dad in a way that most children won't because as we sit here tonight, I've recorded, I believe 88 ATPs of easily an hour every time, oftentimes two and sometimes even three hours at a clip. This is, we've recorded 10 or 11 analogs, 10. Yep. Not including this one. It doesn't Uh, matter. 10 or 11. Call it, call it 10 for easy math. That's 10 hours of analog. And a bunch of guest spots. And I've been writing on my blog and I have uh, you know, 30,000 tweets that I, that I have hanging out. And I am almost more diligent about backing up all of these audio recordings than I am the pictures of Aaron and I 
I'm not quite that bad, but I'm close. And the reason I'm so obsessed with having this is because I think it would be amazing to get to know my dad before he was a dad. And Sprout, if he wants to, will be able to get to know me before before there was a he. And that's really trippy and really cool. Totally, man. Mike, thank you for indulging me for, for this hour and a half or whatever it's been. Um, I really appreciate it. And then, you know, I, I knew that once I was on Relay as an official host that I'd probably never be on Inquisitive ever again. But this is, I figured, you know what? I'll just have a baby and that'll get me close enough. <laughs> it's a small price to pay, right? That's all it takes. Right? If anybody has a baby, I'll do a show of them. <laughs> No, but seriously, uh, thank you for so much for the kind words, and thank you for indulging me. And and I'm I'm really looking forward to, in a small way, you and I taking this journey together and 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 learning and and experiencing it. Because man, this is going to be an interesting ride. Totally, buddy. All right. Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go relax and maybe have a cry or something. What is it? Have a little weep. What does Richard Hammond say? All um, of those things. Yeah, all of those things. Oh, Mike, I can't wait to, to have the same conversation with you in like several years. I don't want to rush you or anything, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll see. All right, Casey. Thank you, buddy. All right, thank you. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back next time. You may have heard me mention on this show and on previous shows that we are currently conducting a listener survey on Relay FM on all the shows that you're listening to. It will take no more than five minutes to fill in and your answers will help us match this show with advertisers that you're going to love to make sure that we're providing you with the best stuff that we can at all times. Any listener that completes this survey will be entered into an ongoing monthly raffle to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Please go to podsurvey.com slash analog to to do that for us. That's podsurvey.com slash analog. As I mentioned, you'll be in for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. If you've heard this show um, and you've heard it on other shows, please fill it in for all of the shows that you listen to. That would be a great help for us. And if you use the same machine, then will remember your answers from, from uh, survey to survey so you won't have to click all those boxes again. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it.